Thanks for listening to the Unlocking Athletes podcast presented by the EAX Athlete Academy, where we dive into youth sports and everything that comes with it. I'm your host, Nate Woodruff, Athlete Academy Director and General Manager of Evolution Athletics Gym in West End, North Carolina. It's hard to scroll today through Instagram, walk through a bookstore, or go through YouTube without hearing the subject of leadership. From Jocko to David Goggins to Tony Robbins to Jordan Peterson, leadership is definitely a buzzword right now. What does it mean? How do we get better at it? Today, we have my friend and pastor, Keith Waller. Keith is currently the pastor of New Life Church in Apex, North Carolina. Prior to that, he spent over 10 years as a Green Beret in the U.S. Army and finished his career as a Special Operations Instructor at Fort Bragg. Recently, he wrote a book called Shut Up and Lead, outlining some principles of leadership and some practical applications for athletes, parents, coaches, and just the general population of people. As a military operator, husband, father, and pastor, Keith has a wide array of experience of leadership styles and personalities to pull from. It was very interesting being able to hear how he used all those experiences to mold him into the leader he is today, and how we can apply those principles to our everyday lives. I hope you enjoy episode five of Unlocking Athletes. Uh, so we're here with Keith Waller, a uh, friend of mine and my pastor, who's the pastor at New Life Church in Apex, North Carolina, which he started. Um, so excited to talk to him. He's also an author, father, former military, all the things. Um, so I'll kind of let him talk through that, uh, just you know, a little bit about your background, kind of yeah. what brought you into where you're at now and um, kind of what where you're at. Yeah, I guess that's, um, that's kind of a... I would say a culmination of my entire life, military <laughs> ministry, um, when you think about it. Right. It's, it's funny, I joined the military right out of high school at 18, so it's hard to separate like who I am, like the growth in life outside of the military. Yeah. And um, I actually joined the military and was a military police officer for a few years, and I thought that's what I was going to do. I was going to go into law enforcement after, get college money and all of that. My dad was a cop for 25 years, and it was like two years in. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't, <laughs> don't want to be anything in law enforcement. So right. um, it just wasn't exciting as I thought it was. But I had deployed once to Afghanistan, and we worked a lot with 3rd Special Forces Group. And so I made the decision. We were in Alaska, and I went to selection for SF Green Berets. And um, it was kind of like, if I make it, I'll stay in. If I didn't, I probably would have got out. Yeah gone back to Michigan and um, made it through selection and then started that process where I got to spend um, probably close to eight years total with um, 10th Special Forces Group and then at the end of that was an instructor at Fort Bragg right here in North Carolina um, teaching at the kind of the main schoolhouse for, yeah. for Green Berets. So yeah, it was a really cool cool experience, a cool opportunity, a lot of great travel, meet a lot of great people and, yeah. and learn a lot of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool to be in that like I was never military, but now I'm where I'm working at now. Like I'm around a lot of those yeah, guys, oh yeah. which is kind of, um, it's definitely a different breed of human for yeah. sure. Um, there's different, obviously certain qualities that you gain through the military. That's a very common thread. Um, leadership being one of them, right? For sure. Um, which is kind of where we want to go today. Obviously, um, you've got a book called shut up and lead that you wrote what a year ago came out, something like that. Yeah, it came out. Last year, in October, okay. like this past October um, is when it came out. And it really, it came from a place of transitioning from the military. I thought I'd retire out of the military. Um, and probably like eight, nine years in, um, I'd always been involved with the church and kind of wasn't involved for a season, but then got back into involved when we got back here and, and yeah. started to have a family and things like that. And just I've always felt 
kind of this calling and this pull to go into ministry at some capacity. And so um, really just started praying about that, thinking about that, was still in the military, um, but always came back to this idea of like planting a church and what that would look like to kind of start something. Um, and so in my mind, it was I would retire and then we'd start that whole journey and process. Yeah. But some doors opened in probably 2016. I had about 11 years in. Um, it was kind of that, okay, am I going to do, like, am I going to commit to the end or is this the time to get out? Um, and everyone always be like, you know, it's only 10 more years. I'm like, yeah, I've been in for a long long time. time." So, um, really God just kind of orchestrated some steps and some doors opening and we just kind of kept taking the next step. And I actually didn't, we didn't plan a church right away. I worked for two different ministries, um, which was really great. Um, had we planted a church right when we got out of the military, I probably would have been a decent leader, but not a great pastor. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't understand fully all the different things. And so working in ministry was super helpful for about five years um, before we then stepped into the, um, the church planning mode. But when I transitioned out of the military into ministry, I just kind of started writing these ideas and then they turned into these social media posts, um, really comparing things I'd learned in the military, how it would apply to not just ministry, but just life and leadership in general. And so yeah. had a good friend, um, we were at a, a church event for staff and, he was like, hey, I think you need to start keeping these and like this could be something. And so we worked yeah. on it for probably two years together, kind of sat there. And um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I ever thought it would become a book. It, I think the funniest thing is that the thing that pushed me for it to become a book, I was reading through it and there was a lot of um, Tom Brady references in it. Yeah. And I was at the point, I was like, I gotta, this has to either go out or I never have to do it because like the dude's going to be gone. Yeah. Like no one's going to remember. Gonna is, yeah. right? So I at least have to like capitalize on that. Um, so yeah, it just kind of, move forward with um, going through Amazon to publish it and working with some people as far as kind of laying it out. And I really wanted it to have a feel of like, for anyone military listening, uh, a military manual. Yeah. Not necessarily just a book that you read, but a manual that you could kind of walk through and, yeah. and pick up in, a, in an easy quick read, but also some practical um, application in it as well. Yeah, no, I loved it. Um, I, I recently got it and went through it and... Yeah, that's exactly what I got from it. Like it's it's almost like a workbook, right? Where you can kind of go through yeah. stuff, and there's places to take notes and think about. And there's just it was just a really kind of interesting thought. Like I've kind of realized as I was going through it, like you and I, I think see the world fairly similarly. Oh yeah, that's cool. As yeah. you're going through it, um, but yeah, I, I mean, as far as kind of what that looks like from from my perspective, right? Like I'm in the strength and conditioning world, working with a lot of middle school, high school, college kids. Um, helping out with the high school, doing football stuff there. So, and we talked about it a minute ago, but I think that like leadership thing is a, very much a buzzword, right? Like you yeah. hear coaches say it, you hear podcasters say it, you hear motivational speakers talk about it and it sounds good. And I think there's a lot of people that kind of want to be leaders, but like having kind of a system for that and some actionable steps, I think is the, like the hard part. Yeah. Does that make sense? Or even like breaking it down, especially for, uh, I mean, we have, we have three kids and our oldest, he's um, 15, um, about to be 16. And so I think it's just helping them understand, like, because everyone, like you're saying, it's a buzzword. It's attractive to be like, oh, I want influence, right? Yeah. Like, and that's really what leadership is, is having influence other, over others. But breaking it down to the fact, like, it starts with leading yourself, um, which in your world, like, starts with discipline, right? Like, yeah. you have the discipline to commit to something and really lead yourself in a direction. And then that's kind of how you can build and start leading others. But yeah. I think people try to skip some of those steps just yeah, to sure. just to kind of be a leader, quote unquote, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, kind of going into into that, like you're you kind of compare it with kind of the, the journey of selection, right? There's all these yeah. kind of allusions to to what what selection was like and how we kind of apply those principles and those things that you learned through that yeah. in leadership. Um, and the first one was just like 
really how to build a quality team. Yeah. Right. Because as a leader, obviously, you have to have somebody to lead. That's kind of the big, the first part of it. Um, and and I, I loved what you said. You're like, great teams start with great people, right? Like yeah, you have to figure sure. out what who those people are going to be. If you want to have a good team, you have to have. I mean, in the sports world. You're not going to win games without good athletes. Right. I don't care how good a coach you are, how good a leader you are. If you don't have good players, you're going to lose. Um, and then really, I think my favorite kind of part of, of honestly, maybe the whole book was like, once you have those people in place, how to build the strength of that team. And the big one was consistency, proximity, and pressure. Yeah. Um, so kind of talk through that. Talk about kind of why you believe that's the formula and what that looks like. Yeah, I think like you were saying, even before that is – like the selection process of a team, having great people, but then also the right people. Yeah. Um, I think back, have you ever seen the movie Miracle? Oh, yeah. It's like my favorite movie ever. Yeah. And that scene where they set up like that whole week-long like tryout for all those players yeah. and whatever, Herb Brooks sits up there and like within 15 minutes he hands the guy the piece of paper and he's like, here's our team. <laughs> yeah. The guy's like, what in the world? Like you didn't pick some of the great players. He's like, I picked the right ones. Like yeah. you have to find the right ones who will fit in whatever that is. And yeah, I mean, talent and effort and all that's um, important. And so when you get that, you have a bunch of individuals. Um, like I, I kind of say it like this, like a team of um, 12 man SFODA, let's say. Um, you don't want all the same people, right? You don't want the same personalities. You don't have that, but you want the same DNA, right? Like type A personalities. That's what you'll find on that kind of team. So the same DNA to build that team. Um, But then it really comes down to how do you build that cohesion? And I think, um, like you were saying, in the book we reference consistency, proximity, and that pressure. Um, Consistency, the only thing that you need for consistency is time and and just staying with it. Um, you You can go to the gym once a month, and work out for three hours, and you're probably not going to get stronger. But right. you can go to the gym six days a week for 25, 30 minutes, and if you stay consistent, that's how you build strength kind right. of in that. And so what can you do as a team to kind of build that consistency together? Um, and some of the closest times in our journey, like I'm thinking about deployments and stuff, is SF teams, I think, are so close because when you deploy or you go on um, different training trips and stuff like that, it's just the 12 of you. And you're in the same building, the same room, living together, eating together, everything. And so you just have that proximity. And so it almost accelerates that kind of cohesion and that camaraderie. Um, and then I think pressure is just something in the military. You, I mean, pressure is pressure, right? But even in the selection process, they try to create that yeah. to, to allow you to understand what it's going to be. But pressure also brings people together. Um, and I think you don't have to go to war to experience pressure, but sure. you can, whatever the context is of someone who's leading a team or building a team, how can you put some pressure on them, even manufactured pressure, to allow them to start feeling that yeah. and really start relying on each other? And, and those things, things together kind of build the strength, yeah. um, kind of like a three-legged stool, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I think, I mean, the, the pressure piece not only will, I think, bring people together, but it also kind of eliminates the people that you don't want on the team. Right, like you can for start sure. To yeah, see, it'll start weeding. It. Yeah, yeah, like hey, this person when we when the when crap started to really happen, right. this person wasn't yeah. a, we weren't able to count right. on that person. And that's the whole like the the selection process in special operations. Let's say is twenty eight days, and it's really not. It it wasn't. I don't want to say. I mean, it was physically demanding, but more so they were trying to play a mental game. And so there's two ways you're not going to get selected. Either you're gonna you're gonna stop. The pressure's going to get to you, and you're going to realize this isn't for me, and you're going to walk out and be done. Um, like a voluntarily um, withdrawal, or at the end, you're just not going to get selected because you just didn't meet the criteria, right? We talked about every team needs the right people and good people. And so, um, but a lot of times that pressure can get the people and it's needed. I would rather, I'd rather find out in that instance, like, okay, I don't have what it takes rather than them just push you through or you try to push through it and and realize it at a a later date. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we try to do similar stuff with, um, like I said, I'm helping out with a football team. Like, we try to do, obviously, much smaller scale, but we try yeah. to do some of those similar things, right? Like, yeah, we want to be consistent. Like, we're going to practice four days a week. We expect you to be there. Like, it's not an optional right. thing. Like, you need to be there. Um, we're going to do things together. Like, we're going to be, I mean, you're going to be in a weight room with 35 other guys. Like, that's going to be crowded. You're going to have that proximity. Yeah. When we go outside, we're going to practice together. We're going to do things that are hard together. Yeah, you're just building that over and over. Yeah. Um, and I mean, a big thing in the sports world from coaching wise is like that shared suffering piece, right? Yeah. Like, yep. Um, and I, there's, I think there's a lot of value in that, like being able to go through things that are hard together. I think, like you said, kind of brings that strength and brings that cohesiveness with that team. Um, and really those are the things that you remember. Oh yeah. hundred like, percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I think back to like my sports career, like, I mean, I remember some big wins and stuff, but I'm, have much more vivid memories of like times that sucked. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. It was yeah. Like, that you guys man, remember that practice where we had to run, blah, 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 or we did 7,000. Yeah, everyone's in the same and, boat, like working the same yeah. thing and have to rely on each other. Yeah. And there, I, and I think the reason that's such more of a vivid memory for people is like, there's more value to that yeah. than there is going and winning a conference championship or whatever. For sure. Um, like I remember much more about that than the day we want to want to ring just because like I said, it's, that shared suffering has so much more value to your life, I think, than no, absolutely, than just yeah, one hundred percent. That's so true. Yeah, so that first part is really just you know building building the right team, how to do that, getting yep. the right people in place, consistency, proximity, pressure, um, and then from there you kind of go into that you know as leaders we have to put people in the positions to be successful. Um, there's a lot of principles that you yeah. know kind of how to do that. Um, the, the biggest one that I see, and, and it's kind of ironic that it's a problem, but is communication, right? Like, it's so much easier to communicate now with people than it has ever been in life, yeah. I think. And we struggle with it more, I think. Yeah, almost because you have all these, like, um, these barriers, right? Like, yeah. even, even students and, like, kids and things like that don't have even basic communication skills when it comes to, like, conversations. Or at least they are losing it because everything's behind a screen or yeah. kind of over... Um, online different avenues and stuff like that. So yeah, that's I think that is a super important thing to keep instilling in people and, and kind of building out for sure. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've seen with like elite military personnel. So guys that have been operators specifically um, is like their communication, especially between each other, is like very precise. Exactly what they need to know. Yeah, very yep. clear. Um, like, I, I remember I got to work in Elite 11 camp with some guys that, that work here that are operators. And I remember being, like, so nervous because I was the only, like, non-military <laughs> dude that was there. And I was like, dude, I can't screw this up. Like, these dudes are high-level yeah. human beings, and I am not. So I need to, like, make sure I'm I'm on, on my game. Um, but I, I guess kind of what are some of the things that you guys maybe talk about military-wise that kind of help with that just super clear communication to where there's no wasted movement, there's no wasted words, like it's just, this is what we need to do, let's go do it. Yeah, I think it's just um, communicating that pertinent information, right, and understanding, um, like, when it comes, like, push comes to shove, like, that's the important part. Um, I think one of the things the military also has, that has um, been in place, which helps me even just in the regular world, is um, what they would call, like, a pace plan, right? Having multiple avenues to communicate in case something goes down. And so like your primary alternate contingency and emergency. And so they build out that and that yep. redundancy to make sure like, Hey, communication is so important. We're going to put 
four things in place. Now, as you go down that line, they become less reliable. Sure. Um, but you at least have it in place so that you know, like, how do we communicate? But I think the other thing is understanding that like, communication is, um, to use the military term, transmitting and receiving, right? Transmitting the information you want, but then also receiving that they understood it, they got it. Yeah. Clear anything that needs to be clarified and stuff like that is um, is super valuable on that side of things. So yeah. um, I think just working through that, and then in the practical world of just a leader sitting at their desk or in, in the corporate world or in the fitness world or whatever is understanding like people receive communication differently. Like you, you can't just have one blanket way of communicating. Um, even on a team, you have to communicate things differently depending on who you're talking to and, and who you're communicating with. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. No, definitely. Um, I see that big time with, with the population that I work with. Right. So I have everybody from, I think my youngest that I'm working with right now is nine. Um, and then I've got, clients that are all the way up to like, I don't know, probably mid forties. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to say that wrong to offend my guy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm going to guess mid forties. He's a 20 year military guy. So I'm going to guess he's got to be at least. Yeah. 40. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many times and I, and I have to like check myself on it because there's so many times where I'll just say something to a kid and then walk away and I'm like, there's no way he understood that. Right. Like, so I have to kind of go back and re-explain things. Um, whereas with some of the, some of the kids, it's just like, I don't need to say anything. Here's the video, do this. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's a huge part of coaching is being able to understand how kids receive things, meet them kind of on their level, but also like you said, like make sure that they got it before, like yeah, really sure. got it before you yeah. step away. And I think it's also like knowing the situation and making sure the person you're communicating with knows that the situation, right? Like in the midst of a gunfight or an operation in the military you're not starting communication like hey man like how's it going over there like doing things and it right. even, i mean it translates i remember when i got into ministry i had a supervisor um who would tell all of his staff like on a sunday morning he'd be like listen I, i'm gonna text you it's gonna sound very direct and it's gonna sound like i'm mad but i'm not like yeah. read every text i send you on a sunday with like i have a smile on my face and i want to give you a hug right like yeah. like because that's how i feel i'm just i just i'm going to be direct because it's in the middle of everything and yeah. if this needs to be adjusted we need to make it happen now and so right. long people like in the middle of a training session whatever to understand like yeah we're going to get to this and then we can talk about like different things like that so. yeah yeah no i think that's huge um the communication piece is is so vital um like you said just to be able to Again, if you if you're gonna be a leader, right? You have a great team. You can have all these great ideas and these great things that you want to do. But if you can't communicate that to your no, people, for sure, it yeah, matter. yeah. And that's where you go from. Without communication, I think you go from a team, let's say a 12 man like SF team, to 12 individuals, right? Yeah. Because if you haven't put together the plan and then able to communicate it, because they say, what's the? I mean, a good plan is only as good as until you get punched in the face, right? Like right, so, yeah. there, there are things that are going to change. Yeah. When, when things start to unfold. And so being able to communicate real-time stuff and information is important. And yeah. so figuring out the best ways to do that, the most effective and efficient, and also building in redundancy of, of how to make sure it gets to them. Yeah, and I, I think one of the other things that I liked about what you said about it was, like, with with vital communication, like, you have to take the emotion out of it, right? Yeah. Like you have to be able to just, this is what's happening right now. This is what we've got to handle. Here's how we're going to do it. Yeah. Let's go. Um, and kind of deal with that emotional stuff later. But right now we have to like right. handle this situation. Yeah. Um, and I think that's huge in, in life too, right? right. Just no, general absolutely. life. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure even with you, there's where students and athletes that you train, some like um, receive things better by visual. And so like a lot of demonstrations, some like that, some understand it better through audio or whatever. And so even just yeah. talking through it. And so always figuring out the best way to communicate. It might be a hybrid of uh, a 
combination of both, but just walking through what that looks like. Yeah, I, I think coaching kids has made me a much better like <laughs> adult coach. Yeah, because there's so many more cues that you have to use for kids because they are on such different levels. Like a nine year old and a twelve year old. Yeah, don't sound that far apart, but they are drastically different in how they understand things. Um, so I think just having to learn so many different cues and things for movements for those guys have made me a much better like adult coach. Right. Because now I have all these things that I got kind of more in my bank account that I can use right. to those guys as yeah well. and i think you assume people know a lot more than they do does that make That's sense like, just, like you know yeah. it and so when you explain it you're like they should know exactly what i'm talking about yeah. but your knowledge is so much higher than theirs and so you have to not dumb it down but in essence bring it yeah. all the way down like they don't and just walk them through it to help yeah i mean it's <laughs> for me it's like simple stuff like like how to load a barbell like how to put yeah. a weight on a barbell and for a while <laughs> i was like i'm not showing you how to do that like you need to be able to like mentally figure that out on your own um <laughs> And now I've gotten to be like, all right, I'm going to show you one time how to do this. I'm never showing you again because yeah. you need to be able to figure this out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, little stuff like that, uh, like cleaning up after yourself, after you after you lift, like putting the weights back in yeah, the right all spot. That, yep. um, yeah, little things like that are things – they used to bother me, and now it's like, all right, I get it. Like, right, you know, yep. You just don't get it. You've never yeah. been in here no, before. No, right, yeah. You didn't grow up in a weight room. But, yeah, the, the different cues and stuff, the different ways to communicate um, – like if you, I think if you want to be an elite leader, like you have to be an elite communicator. Yeah, that has to be um, absolutely. If not the most important, it's in the top. Yeah, three. I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, so being able to com- kind of communicate that stuff, um, and then you kind of list out like different keys of being a quiet professional, which like as I was reading through them, I was like, these are just like being a good human, right? For the yeah, most yeah, part, yeah. You know, <laughs> um, like if you want to be a really good person, these Basically, are how, yeah, this that's is a good how point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to kind of talk through those. I'll kind of list them out, and then we can go through a few of them. Oh, yeah. Um, but the first one was was service. second one was mission first, hard work, wisdom versus experience, uh, knowing what to do and doing it, humility, always keep learning, doing your job, um, don't get too far from your purpose, embrace the suck, and resilience. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I love those because I talk about a lot of those with, with my athletes that I work with. Um, the first one, first two kind of go together. I, I think, was going to say, bit. yeah, the first two, even the, like, I feel like the third one could tie in there as well. Like yeah. when you're really committed to service, right? Like putting others above yourself, um, and serving in that aspect, it really makes you look at the bigger picture to yeah. say like, okay, I'm going to contribute to something bigger than myself. Like what's the mission here? And like, contribute to that, but yeah. both of those things are going to take hard work more times than not of uh, like committing to that, percent. that level of commitment to say like, no, I'm going to. I'm going to have some consistency and grit to kind of push through yeah. um, on that side of things for sure. Yeah. I mean, the first one, especially, I think is something that we talk about a lot as coaches, like sport coaches specifically. Um, it's just like, and there's all kinds of acronyms and stuff for it, like we over me and all this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but it, it comes down to being a servant leader. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that that is probably the biggest key. If you really want to be, again, an elite leader, talked about communication but like you've got to be a servant leader i don't think there's another way to do it anymore i think maybe in the past you could like 50 years ago maybe you could be more of kind of a dictator-ish type leader and be effective right but today's culture yeah yeah. and i think it's needed as well right like that um example and like kind of showing the people that you're leading um it kind of ties into i don't it's in here right humility yeah um i'm just kind of having that humility to kind of own even your mistakes and own kind of your position and, and serve others and, and work through that is yeah. is a huge thing. Um, I've always liked the wisdom versus experience because I think a lot of times we can think it's the same thing. Um, 
But a lot of times people can experience things and be somewhere for a long time. But if they've never learned from the experience, like that's where wisdom comes it's in. Wasted, yeah. It's right? Wasted like they experience. start to like see it. And so longevity doesn't necessarily make you smart, it just makes yeah. you old. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, right. So using that experience, right, and yeah. understanding and how to apply it, um, I think is big. And understanding that everything um, I used to have a, a supervisor in the military that said, um, everything is training for something. And so as you as you go through anything in life, like it's training for something, but just yeah. how do you use it? Are you able to to take that experience and pull the wisdom out of it and the yeah. understanding? Um, and maybe not applying the exact thing, but understanding the principle, the why behind it, and now you can apply it to different situations. Yeah. Um, and that's really where the, even the book came from: is how do you how do you take experiences and leadership principles that I learned in the military and examples, and how do they apply to? the regular corporate yeah. world, the ministry world, and, and all of those things um, and what that looks like. So yeah. I think that's, yeah. No, I love that. I, I feel like, and it sounds like you kind of have that same idea, but like I've always felt that I'm, I feel like I'm good at certain things. Like I feel like I'm a good coach. I'm knowledgeable about what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's like I almost feel like I have a responsibility to do that, right? Like I, I was away from like sport coaching for a while, and it got to the point where I was like, man, I, I know how to coach football. This is I'm my a good co- yeah, football right. coach. I feel like I have a responsibility to do that. Yeah. Like to share that. Like you're wasting that opportunity. Yeah. Like you have that. Yeah. yeah like you're wasting a, an experience or some knowledge that you have that could benefit sure, yeah. people. Um, so I've, I've always kind of felt that way. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think, and like you're saying, that that's that wisdom versus experience, right? Like I've, I've experienced a lot of things in the football world and the basketball world and those kind of things. If I'm not sharing that and using that, it's just right. an experience. And it's not you're not using the wisdom that you've been given through that experience. If that no, makes absolutely. Sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think probably the hardest one on here for most people is knowing what to do and doing it right. Like doing yeah. the right thing, no matter what. Right. Yeah, for and sure. And that's something I try to instill with like my children specifically. Um, it's like, Hey, you screwed this up. Right. Like you need to own it. It's going back to like that character. Thing yeah. And that, yeah, for sure. And, and like Jocko Willink wrote, wrote a whole book on extreme ownership. And that's yeah. kind of what it's talking about is like, Regardless of the situation, if you're a leader, you have to own the situation. Like yeah. if something bad happens, you own it. If something good happens, like you own it. But that's it's really hard for like my kids are six and four, so they don't really <laughs> yeah, get but, all but of it yet. But they're starting those, yep. to like like hey, no, the the playroom's messed up because right. you didn't clean it up. Like period. That's right. it. So now we have to clean it up. Um, but yeah, just kind of owning owning mistakes, owning things that you do. Yeah, and, no, absolutely. And doing things the right way even though it's really hard to do yeah you know yeah and i think that's good to instill in them even like the embrace the suck thing is like i've got a friend um he's got younger kids um and with his son every day asks him like what did you do that was hard today yeah um because a lot of times people try to avoid hard things mm-hmm. um and take the path of least resistance but really growth comes from experiencing new things yeah. and anytime you experience something or try something new it's going to be hard and yeah. so really leaning into that and, and coming together. And I think like you said, even that's where teams even gel, um, whether it's a football team or whatever, like everyone kind of embracing the suck together yeah. um, and going through it and, and kind of building that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously a huge picture of what we do strength wise. Yeah, like, oh yeah. If you want to get stronger, like there's not, there's not really a secret <laughs> to it. You have to lift heavy weights. Like yeah, there's not another yeah. way to get strong. Um, if you want to get faster, you have to run fast. You know, jump high, you got to jump. Right. Um, like there's not a, a backdoor, um, system to get there and the do hard things thing is is huge um yeah, that's something sure. that i've that's something we kind of put a, a thing in place at home with the little ones is we bought like uh two glass faces one for each girl and then we bought a bunch of ping pong balls 
So every time that they do something that's oh, nice. hard, yeah, okay. we write what they did, yeah. the date, and then we put it in there. Um, and the idea is like, now when they have something that is actually hard that they have to do, they can look back and say, look at all these other hard things right. that I've done. Like I can, I do, can do it. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, so now they're like wanting to seek out and do hard things. Yeah, because they want to. Yeah, that's really yeah, cool. Like that's Blakely's huge. super shy, doesn't want to like, she is shy, but she's not at the same time. Um, she doesn't want to do things in front of people. So the other day we go to a uh, baseball game, a local baseball game here, like a, uh, it's called Old North State League, but it's basically college kids that play in a state okay. league. Um, and we, we've been training them here, but they invited us to go to a game and invited us to throw the first pitch out. And Blakely was like, can I throw the first pitch out for a ping pong ball? And I was like, absolutely, you can do that. <laughs> you know, so it's like little now stuff they're looking like that. For, yeah. yeah, they're like looking cool. for hard things and they're not like super hard. No, but yet. it's just training them yeah. that, almost that mindset. Right, exactly. To not like run away from it, but lean into it. That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, like find find the hard things to do and, and go do them. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's tough, especially for high school kids specifically, because um, there, there's like so many things pulling them different directions about what to do, what not to do, and and that humility piece kind of factors into all of that. Right. But, but yeah. yeah, just always doing the right and thing. It's, and it's so true. Like, how, like to build in that, like, grit and that toughness. Um, I was talking to a coach um, that is involved with coaching Braden at the school he goes to. And all three of our kids have the opportunity because our wife works there to go to a private school. And they played um, Southern Lee or what's the other one? Lee Senior. Lee Senior? Yeah. One of the two. I think it was Southern Lee. Yeah. Um, and they just took it to them, right, or whatever. And this coach has a lot of, like, interaction with them and stuff like that. And he yeah. said, you know, he was like, even in my other teams, he was like, I've never found – and he's like, and I'm not saying this because my kids go <laughs> to Grace right. as well. He's like, but he was like, I've never had a captain be from a private school. And he's like, it's not a bad thing. He was like, but sometimes I wonder if we provide so much for our kids in different ways. He's like, these kids just naturally – from different backgrounds yeah. who are going to public schools or different like scenarios he's like they just have a certain they've been up against so much in their lives yeah. depending on where they're from and different things that they, it just life has been hard and so yeah, they come out and they just have a different yeah. tenacity and so for me it was like okay you obviously don't want to take away benefits and, and great like positions for your kids but how can you instill and manufacture some things yeah. for them like you're That's saying tough. even at a young age yeah. uh, like a ping pong ball thing so mm-hmm. that they're seeking it out and they build into it um, on different things like that yeah that's that's challenging. I hadn't really thought about it like that. Like you almost like because everyone wants you like right as as two dads. Yeah. You want your kids to experience things better than you had. Sure. It. But then are at the same time you also want them to have to go through some things yeah. to build that resiliency. And That's so tough. it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's. I think it's a balance. I don't think you're trying to take away one or the other. But yeah. Yeah. Just providing them with right. like safe opportunities to do yeah. hard things. Right. <laughs> and I think that's. I think that's true. Have you ever? I don't. There's got to be some statistics out there that support this. But like, um, like owners. Owners of like sports franchises who like built them from the ground up, yeah, like super successful, like George Steinmer and things like that. Mm-hmm. Then hand them off to their kids, they and it's just it. different. And yeah. they, it's not the same because <laughs> yeah. they grew up in the realm of like, no, this is just life. Right. So there's something to that of yeah. like going through like the process. Of, yeah, of certain well, we things. have that so a lot here because I mean we live obviously in Piner's area, super affluent. So you have a bunch yeah. of kids who've like never really struggled with anything, right? Um, and then like the first sign of struggle. Like, what are they going to do? You don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, so pro- I think providing opportunities for kids to seek that struggle right. is super valuable. Right, yeah. Um, and it, again, it doesn't have to be massive or no. some big thing. It's just the mindset, right? The yeah. mindset to help them understand, like, no, I do have something deeper. Like, um, have you ever heard of David Coggins? 
Yeah. Right, David Coyote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He um he speaks a lot on the fact that like mentally you shut off way before physically you yeah. ever reach your max. And so I think it's that same thing of like how do you mm-hmm. push through? Oh, I can't do this or that because yeah. of uh, your surroundings, your upbringing to yeah. to really dig down deeper. Yeah, I mean, if you looked at like on paper, if you looked at a a twenty eight day selection process that you went through, like there's no way you'd look through that and be like, yeah, I can do that. Right. No, and but those are the days. Like, yeah. And people it. would always ask me like um like how often did you like how many times did you want to quit? Like over the time, and I'm yeah. like twenty every day, yeah, every every, single every day. day. Like yeah. every time I would wake up, and you have to break it down. Then what would happen is when you look at the whole picture and how many days you had left, that's when you would get yeah. overwhelmed. But if you could just be like, okay, I'd wake up and be like, oh, I think I'm done. Yeah. Then I'd be like, oh, but they're about like we're about to eat. Like yeah. we're gonna have I breakfast. So let me get through that, and yeah. then it's that. So then you just literally mm-hmm. have to break it down step by step, and yeah. all of a sudden you realize, oh, I got thirty five ping pong balls in a jar. Yeah. And now I can, I can do, do this. this again. Yeah, it's great. I've done something just like this before. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think that's super valuable. Um, and, and as a leader, like, again, we talked about it as a father, but as a leader, coach, whatever, like, you've got to find a way to get your athletes in those situations as well. 100%, yeah. Um, and, like, I I mean, it was, and it, it's harder now. Like, when I was going through, it was like, you could do two-a-days. We did, like, we hit all spring. Yeah, oh, okay. And you can't do any of that stuff anymore. So it's like you have to find creative ways, whether it's it's mentally, physically, it's much harder to do it now. Yeah. Um, like, we did little stuff when we went to that Elite 11 camp. We played, like, a Kim's game where, okay. you know, we'd have, like, a group of, whatever, six kids or something. They'd have to run across the field. I'd set up, like, a tray of these random objects, um, and they had to get it exactly right. So they had to run back to the other side of the field, set up the tray with the same objects, and if it wasn't exactly the same, there was a punishment. Gotcha. So it's, yeah. like, little, like, little mental stuff like, like that. that. Yep. But even, like, the physical punishment wasn't that right. bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it was, like, you got to do a wall sit for a yeah. minute. All right, cool. Um, but yeah, I think finding those finding those opportunities. Um, there's a guy named Michael Easter. I cannot think of the name of the book. I just listened to him two like two months ago. Um, but he wrote a book about that, and he goes into like the uh, it was like a Japanese thing called a masogi, and essentially like once a year it came it came hmm. originally from like a Shinto um, belief system, where essentially these warriors would go like stand under an icy waterfall for whatever 20 minutes or something um but he took it and and kind of turned it into this thing like where once a year he goes and does something that essentially has like a 50 50 chance of completing okay it, yeah right so his was like a 30 okay. day it was like a month in alaskan wilderness or something which is nuts like you've lived there so it's crazy yeah um but like once a year he does that and he just talks about like the value of doing something that you're not sure that you can do right yeah. you know and like attacking it anyway and even if you don't make it, there's still value in like For sure, yep. trying it in the process of it. Uh, but it was a, I can't think That's of the name of the book yeah. right now. That'll be one of my books that I That's can't think of. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, and, so one of the last ones that you put on there uh, was Resilience. Yeah. And that's really cool because that's one of the – I have that written on my board downstairs. We, we define it similarly, but we, we just do toughness instead of resilience. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, and this comes from a book called Becoming Tough by Greg Everett, who's a weightlifting coach. Um, like super high level weightlifting coach, but he defined toughness as like four different things, uh, character, capability, capacity, and commitment. That's great. Um, yeah. That's... And he kind of defined them all. And it was like, character is like, are, who are you and what do you believe? Right. Like, what do you value? No one's watching or anything like that. Like who right. are you to the core? Yeah. Yeah. What do you truly value? Like from an athlete standpoint, like we have, we have kids all the time that are like, Oh, I want to be a, you know, a really good basketball player. I want to be a really good volleyball mm-hmm. player, soccer player. It's like, you don't really value that because you're not doing the things that right, it takes yeah. to be that. 
Like you can say that you value those things, but it's like right. your decisions determine what your values are. Yeah, there's um, shoot, what he's one of the not like one of the um, talking heads for a basketball show. I don't know if it's TNT, um, and it's not Shaq or Charles Barkley. What's the other guy? I can't think. Kenny Smith. Maybe it is Kenny Smith. Kenny the Jim. Let's just say it's Kenny Smith for now. I like that. And he said in high school it was like his junior year, um, and his coach asked him something, like like hey, what do you want to do or like what are you thinking? Yeah. And Kenny was like, well, I want I want to play basketball in college. And the coach was shocked yeah. and like floored. And he's like, I, I had no idea. He's like, because the amount of work you put in doesn't show me that. Yeah. So if you really want to do that, like, we got to go. Like, right. it, now that I know that that's your goal and what you want, are you willing to do the things it's going to take, right? Because, right? like, yeah. your character has to line up with those things that you say you want. Yeah. And Nick Saban talks about that all the time. He's like, listen, it takes what it takes. Like, there's yeah. not, again, like, there's not another it's option. Not a cheat code or, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just going to. Uh, and I tell my kids that all the time is like, like the more elite that you want to be at anything in life, if you want to be super elite at something, then you, you don't have as much freedom. Like right. You have you have to make certain choices that line up with being elite. If you the more elite you want to be, the less options you have. Yeah. Like that's that's it. Um, if you want to be an elite athlete, then you have to work out more than just team workouts. Right. Yeah. You have to eat correctly. You have to sleep correctly. Like these are the things that elite athletes are doing. If you say that you want to do that, then those decisions have to be made that way. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of the first one is like character. Do you have the, like, who are you? What do you believe? What do you value? And like your decisions determine that. Yeah, not absolutely. Just yeah. Um, and then the second one was capability. And essentially like, it's like, what are you, what are you able to do? Right. So if I'm like resilient and tough, the more things that I can do, like from a team perspective, the more things I can do to help my team, the, the more capable yeah, I absolutely. am. Right. And the tougher I become. Um, like we talk about it with our guys, like, dude, if you can obviously play the sport but if you can also lead and you can also clean the locker room and you can also all of a sudden, like, yeah. help kids with their homework yep. and you can also give kids rides to practice like you become Your more value, valuable yeah yeah that's crazy yeah that's so true um and then i think the third one capacity like that's what most people think of as toughness it's like just what can you what can you yeah you know um and then the last one was like commitment like what are you willing to do to do yeah and that's i think that's the biggest one right like that yeah. commitment side of things um even going back to like the consistency thought is they say I, I mean, that's got to be somewhat true. I don't know how true it is. This is what it says: If you were to spend 18 minutes a day for the next year doing anything, you would become the top. Like the, I think it's 10 percent in the world at that thing. So like if you started playing the piano today, yeah, 18 minutes a day. That's all. It, that's all. It Every single day, you would become. I don't know about the top because I think there's just some like when it comes to that's sports and ath- athletes, yeah. you're gonna be a heck of a lot better. But like there's some natural gifting and things that sure. gotta play into it. But I think it, it, to me it spoke like even to people that you're leading or students or athletes, like it doesn't take that much. I mean, can you just stay consistent yeah. and commit to something? And again, 18 minutes like out of out of a day. Doesn't seem like a lot. Yeah. yeah, people say that all the time. That's that's one of my biggest pet peeves with generally people working out. It's like, oh, I don't have time. It's like, you do though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you'll you make do. time for the things that are important to you. Yeah. So. Uh, there's very, very few people in the world that <laughs> genuinely do don't not have, have time. the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's, I think that's huge. Just what are you willing to commit? Yeah, that's good. As far as toughness and resilience. Yeah. Um, so I'd love those 11 things. Like I said, I, I, I communicate those types of things to my kids a lot. Um, cause I think there's just a lot of value to it, but, um, as far as kind of getting back to that leadership train, um, again, I, I think one of the biggest reasons that people may not want to step out and lead again, specifically like kids 
is like there's that fear of failure like can i lead how do i lead like if i try to do this and fail what happens yeah right so there's like that fear there so i guess talk a little bit about that process and kind of like how to how to handle that fear of failure yeah i think it's the mindset of just like doing something hard like instead of avoiding failure leaning into it um and it's um like even the whole growth mindset things that like you can constantly be learning and growing. So now that shifts where failure actually technically wouldn't exist. You either you either win or succeed or you learn. Yeah. Right. So if you can see that as what failure really is, really failure is not trying. Right. Mm-hmm. Or just kind of throwing in the towel and stuff like that. But if you can continue to move forward, learn from your mistakes, learn from the things that didn't work. Well, now you're just continuing to progress. And so. Yeah. um even with, I think a great analogy would be even working out, right? Like the only way you grow, like if you were to go and bench press 135 once, do that every day, you're not, you're not going to get much stronger. Like yeah. the way you get stronger is by putting your muscles under that tension and sometimes going to failure. Like you have to right. push them to the point where they can't go anymore. So failure is that thing where growth lives. And so if you're constantly kind of hedging your bets and staying back, you may grow over time or whatever, but yeah, being a yeah. leader, you're, you're going to... You're going to inspire people. You're going to influence people by um, taking even the mistakes that you make or the quote-unquote failures and and learning from them and then coming back in a different approach or things like that. Yeah, no, I I think the the growth mindset is huge. Like, that's that's one of my favorite books Um, is just learning kind of, like, the values and effort. Yeah. Like, it's – and, I I, again, that's another one I try to get with my my little kids is, like – my middle one's big on like she doesn't want to do anything right now that has a winner or a loser. She's okay. very against it <laughs> because there's a chance that she might she lose. might be the loser. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so she's very like she doesn't want to play any game. She doesn't want to race. Like none of no, that. Man. Let's just have fun. Yeah, guys. let's just watch TV. <laughs> like it's it's fine. Um. So yeah. So and but with my older one, like she's starting to understand it a little bit. And you know she got she played basketball this year for the first time. So that was like yeah. one of the big things we talked about. Cause she like the first day she went out there, like she wasn't strong enough to shoot it high enough. Like the goal is okay, like eight yeah. feet. Oh yeah. Um, and she literally was like throw it as hard as she could and just couldn't get it there. Um, and I was like, but did you like? And she, so she would like come back to the car and be yeah. crying about it and be like, well, I can't, I can't play. I was like, well, did you, did you try your best on that shot? She was like, yes. I was like, okay, then that's what we need to be happy about. Right. Um, and so like. And it was the same thing. Like, all right, we can't do that. Then what do we need to do to be able to do that? I was right. like, well, we need to get stronger, and we need to learn how to shoot correctly. Yeah. So she was like, all right. So we did it. So she would like, she would literally come in here, work out, like lift dumbbells and stuff. <laughs> Didn't really get her any stronger, yeah. but she like mentally, mentally in her right, brain, just giving her that confidence, yeah. right? Yeah. Mentally in her brain, she was like, I'm getting stronger. I can right. shoot the ball. Um, and then what was crazy is she, we bought her a basketball, and she would bring it to the gym. And literally just shoot up against the wall over and over again. Like I yeah. marked it where eight feet was on the wall, and she would just shoot it until she could get over the line for like an hour. That's and yeah. I'm like, wait, do you want to do anything else? Like, do you want to color or something? She's like, no, I'm good. Um, and we got to the point like we have wall ball targets on our rig that are I don't know maybe like a foot by a foot foot in diameter, um, and she would just like stand underneath that thing and just try yeah. to hit the hit the target every time, um, and she would just do it for hours. And then we got back on the basketball court and playing games again, and it was the same thing. Like, now she could get it there. So she started right. to see that that process. Yeah, of, right? Like, the failure fueled her yeah. kind of commitment and, and overall approach yeah. to it. And I was like, and that's and that was kind of what I communicated to her or tried to, was like, 
like it's okay to fail. Right. It's not okay to fail over and over again because right. now you need to like make an adjustment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Learn from your failure. What like yeah. what, that's what your experience your wisdom up? situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it, it was cool to kind of see, and I think it's been interesting. Like you probably you've got older kids than I do, but you've probably seen some of the things that you did that like, hey, that, that really worked. Like right. I can do yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Some things was like that didn't work at all. It's <laughs> <laughs> the truth. That had yeah. No impact on anything. <laughs> or even like how. Your approach has to change depending on who you're working with or dealing with. Yeah. Right? Like with your two kids or mine and three, um, one one way of approaching it might fail with one, but it's successful with the other yeah. just because they're different different people in different circumstances. So yeah. even in your failure of approaching something, you never know what that's going to teach you for something else down the line or something yeah. that you can use it. I, that growth mindset is huge, man. Like yeah. I think, uh, like I don't know if my parents knew that they were doing that. Like knew that it was growth okay, mindset, yeah. but like that's what <laughs> that they was were teaching. Their, yeah, you know? that's cool. Yeah, um, it was always like, hey, like you. The other part is like controlling what you can control, right? Like you can't control what the other person's doing. So if I'm playing, like I play golf, growing, yeah. Up, well, if I play really well and somebody just beats me, like, right. all right, like I did, I did my best. I played really well. Somebody right. was just better than me. That yeah, day. like yeah. if you put all of your, like all of your focus on that winning or losing then you're just going to get destroyed because yeah. somebody's always going to be better than you. Right. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. But if you could put it into like, hey, I did my absolute best. I prepared. I did everything I was supposed to do. And I, I just yeah. didn't win. Like, all right, cool. Just, yeah, right. Absolutely. Like, let's go back and adjust it and try it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so good. Um, cool. Cool. Well, really let's great. let's kind of go to this last one. Um, and, and this is kind of the actionable piece like we were talking about at the beginning. Like, we can talk about all the different – areas of leadership and different principles and how to become a better leader, how to communicate the different principles of being a, yeah. a professional and all those things. But it's, it's, if we're not putting them into practice, it doesn't matter. Right. right? Oh, absolutely. Like if we're not doing something different than we were before we listened to the podcast, then what, we just right. waste the time. Right. So I guess talk through maybe what you think are some actionable steps that maybe people, kids, anybody can kind of put into place to become a better leader. Yeah. I think you can get overwhelmed looking at I mean because again you can't go to Amazon or a bookstore and, and not see a leadership book right. right so people can get like inundated and just overwhelmed with all of the information out there about leaders and yeah. things like that and not know where to start and so um, I think someone that helped me even just leading my own life or my own disciplines is um, Craig Groeschel who's uh, a great pastor but a great leader he's got a great leadership podcast about I want to say seven or eight years ago he started, um, and he starts it every year, like in January, um, committing to one thing, changing one thing. Like one year it was like, I'm going to work out consistently this year. Yeah. And then the next year he changed one thing. So on the front end, I think people look at that and like, really, a one thing? Like he could probably do four or five. Yeah. But he knew he couldn't because too many things would distract him and he, all of them would fail. So right. he would do one thing. Well, now over seven years, he's changed seven like pretty fundamental things in right. his he life and disciplines habits. and built them. And so I think looking at leadership, just walk like finding the one thing um, that you can strengthen or that you have a passion for or desire. Yeah. Um, maybe it's communication. Um, maybe it's instilling toughness, whatever, and really leaning into that and say, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm, for the next three months, even I'm going to, I'm going to really focus on this and try to put these things into practice yeah. instead of trying to do a half Always. a dozen or a dozen and then feel like, you can't keep it all straight. And so yep. really identifying that one thing. Um, the other thing is I think a practical, very simple thing is um, even just reading and putting it into practice. Like it's funny because the whole premise at the beginning of my book is like so often we read things and we don't do anything with it. Right. And so <laughs> like still understanding how to do something with it. But just yep. again, uh, uh, 
consuming that knowledge and that experience of other people um, is a huge benefit, and then yeah. you can apply it in different ways. Yeah, I, I think the first thing you said was like to like defining one thing, like trying to figure yeah. out what the thing was, and you you go through that in your book a little bit of like like identifying their target, like yeah. the most yep. important thing, thing right yeah. now, and move forward with it. Um, and, and I think that's I think that's huge, right? Is yeah. agreed. Like you can you can even listen to this whole podcast and see like man, there's a lot of things that right. I need what to do, do to be a good leader. Right. Like, how do I even, where do I start? Um, and I think we get overwhelmed in life a lot of times with stuff too. And it's like, just move forward. Find right. find the most important What's target, the set yeah. your What's priority your, yeah. and go. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that's I think that's huge. It's just identifying what that is and, and being able to do one thing. Um, and also understanding that like, you, you don't become a leader in a week. 100%, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to get into some other stuff in a, in a different podcast, but I see these things like speed or strength performance camps and stuff like that, where it's like, you're going to go for a week and it's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> right. Like, right. Go get strong in a week. Like, <laughs> exactly, no, man, yeah. this takes years right. of time. Um, so, and, and it's the same thing. Like understand that like, you're not going to become a leader tomorrow. Like you're going right. to screw up again. Like it's going to yeah. happen. It's just yeah. a matter of like, again, a, a learning from no, it and so moving true. forward. And yeah, it's a commitment, like, right. Like committing to the process. There's, um, there's a story, I think it was like in Alabama, there was this high school team who had lost to their, um, had lost to their rivals, like, I don't know, a decade straight, let's say. Yeah. And this big, like, um, this big uh, financial mogul who owned a bunch of different automotive stores or whatever, I was an alumni from there, and he came in, it was a week before the game, he came in, he said, listen, we beat them this, this year, if we beat them this game, every single one of you is getting a car, I'm giving you a car for my lot. I need that. And so they took that week and they worked out like they had never worked out before. They practiced, they yeah. prepped, they went through the whole thing, they played the team, and they lost by like 40. <laughs> and the point was, they did for that one week what they should have been doing all yeah. year. Right. And, and you can't do it in a week. Like everyone wants that quick fix or whatever. Yeah. And, and what they saw is, oh, had we been doing this for the whole season, we probably would have been prepared yeah. in a lot better way out. So like, just like you're saying, it takes time. Yeah. Um, and so just sticking with it. No, I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's obviously a lot of different aspects to, to leadership, but again, I, I think like what you said, it's, it's simplifying it, taking one thing at a time yeah. and continuing to move forward. Um, and just like you said, kind of make it a priority. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I want to be a better leader. Yeah. And, and part of, part of what you say in there too, is like, have, have a why, like you, you can't just say that you want to be a better leader just to be a better leader. Like there needs to be a reason Otherwise, when things do get hard, you're just going to... Yeah, yep, you got to have life. that thing that you go back to 100%. Yeah. And it's like like what you're talking about in selection stuff. Like, if you don't have a why for why you're doing it, you 100% you will quit. Yep, yeah, you will. Yeah, it'll just get it's too, hard. too much. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yep. Um, cool. Well, let's get into some fun stuff, man. Um, and, and just kind of talk through really your top... We can do more than three, but I think your three, <laughs> like, hey, if... if if you only have three books to read the rest of your life, these are the three oh, okay, that you yeah. need to read. Okay. So what are what are your top top three? I think one of them that you said, even in here, is it really good? I put in there extreme ownership. Yeah. Um, is good. I mean, it's a little extreme, but I guess that's yeah. part of the name of Jocko. <laughs> right. um, but that's really great. Um, even a personal leadership one for me, not even necessarily leading a team, but really starting out like leading yourself is, um, and I can't think of the author, but Atomic Habits. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, that's a really good book. And it really, it's so practical because it gives you the basis of how to build habits yeah. and build discipline. Like one example is there in there is like, um, like building a habit of going to the gym 
And like he's like, for seven days, you're just going to get up and you're going to put on your gym shoes. You're just going to put them on. You're going to build that habit. Yeah. And so almost setting yourself up for success because people try to go from zero to 100 yeah. and they can't sustain it. And so it, it's a great one for like building discipline. Um, and then there's a book called, it's a great team leadership book as far as like team management and team leading. Um, and it is by Patrick Lincioni and it's called The Advantage. Okay. Um, and it's really great about, he has a really, all of his books are great. If you ever look up Patrick Lincioni, he writes leadership books. Um, there's another good one, I can't think of it, about family um, and like leading your family as well. Yeah. But he writes it in a way, they're called fables. And so it's like this story, this made up story that he's telling about these people, but like you feel like they're real. Yeah. But he's using it to um, draw out some of the principles or whatever. And then he comes back and shows you the principles. And so cool. it's a different type of book, where, but it's super helpful. Yeah. Um, for, for people who are looking for a different type of... But all of his books have been super yeah. helpful. I mean, that's kind of um, what you're doing right now with your movie series. Yeah, it's very much like that. Yeah, yeah. pulling out different things like that. So, yeah, yeah, he does a great job of that. I love that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think... <laughs> I can't remember. I'm going to look it up right now, the one that I was thinking about earlier as far as books go. The guy, the one you read like two months ago, you said? Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Um, Comfort Crisis. Comfort oh, okay. Crisis. Um, so actually a guy from our gym, really good, yeah. it's really good. Um, he recommended it to me and our owner. Uh, he was like, you got to read this book. He told us a little bit about it and I was like, all right. So we read it. And then ironically, a few months later, I heard him, I got to hear him speak. I didn't know he, he was at a, like a strength coach conference, which was kind of weird that an author would be there. But then when you like hear his book and hear the things that he's talking about, um, like kind of what we were talking about earlier is you know, we live in this like super comfy world yeah. where we always have our phone and we always have, you know, warmth and food. Just and, comfort ever, yeah. yeah. Like you don't ever have to leave your house if you don't want to. Um, so being able to like really put yourself out there because that's what we were created to do. Right. Like, um, you know, so it, the the book is really interesting. It, it talks kind of through his journey through the Alaskan wilderness, what that that's was really like. That's really cool. Um, and and again his was a little bit extreme but he also like on his i messaged him a few weeks after that and was like hey like i want to try to do something like this but i don't know that i have the financial ability to go to alaska for a month like i can't right yeah i can't do that um like so what are some like tactics to start on how to how to figure out what that journey is going to be that's interesting um, he messaged me right back we talked a little bit which was kind of cool um but comfort crisis was really good um, I think that Becoming Tough book that I was talking about earlier yeah, it is really, especially for athletes, um, it's a little bit intricate. Um, like he's a super smart dude, a really high level like thinker and communicator. So it can be hard to understand a little bit. Um, but he's got like a workbook that comes with it and you can go through everything. Uh, but Becoming Tough is really good. Grit is one that I like. You talked about that on Yeah, that's Sunday, a good one. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I read that too. Uh, but just being like, and we talk about this a ton with our athletes is like being relentlessly consistent with the things that you do. Yeah. Right. And it's easy to come to practice. It's easy to show up on Friday night and play games, but like, are you doing the warm up? Like, did you do right, your yeah, homework yeah. on time? That's good. Like, yeah. Did you focus the little things on, that no one are seeing yeah. that, that are important? Yeah. Like, did you jump on a foam roller? Did you <laughs> ride the bike? Like those little things or did you clean the locker room? Like, yeah. Did you hang your stuff up the right way? And it's like, if you really want to be elite, like these are the those are the are, things these are the things that yep. elite people do. Um, so yeah, so we talk a lot about those. I, I think those are probably the big three. And then yeah. the one I'm uh, the one I'm reading right now, where I got the ping pong idea from, uh, is called Do Hard Things. Okay. 
Um, that idea is not in there, but it kind of spurs spurred it. that into yeah. yeah. We had um, mentioned um, David Coggins. He's got a he's got a lot of different books. But yeah. have you ever read the one? It's with the guy. I just looked it up. What's his name? Jesse Itzler. I think he's married to the lady who invented Spanx. Like the whole thing. Oh wow. So he, okay. he has uh, like he has the means for this. Yeah. He met David Coggins somewhere at some race and paid him an ungodly amount of money to come live with him for thirty days. And the book's called Living with a Seal. Okay. And for thirty days, I mean, he lived with him, and like he like it, 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 there's stories in there where like he'd be in his <laughs> office, he'd do a meeting, or whatever people would leave, and he'd like make him do hundred pushups, yeah. like every break or whatever to like get yeah. like pull ups, all kinds of things. Dude, he's and nuts. it was interesting how it like transformed, yeah, his body and things like that, but also like his approach, like again yeah. doing hard things. It just was integrated. It was crazy. yeah, it was, it was an entertaining book, but also like yeah. a helpful one of just different tidbits of of pushing yourself. I watched the. So two things about Goggins. One, I watched a reel with him the other day that was really interesting. Um, he was talking about like he ran some like hundred mile race through like a desert with like I don't know some <laughs> some incredibly difficult ridiculous thing that he did. Um, and then afterwards, like he was in so much pain, and they were trying to like he had um, probably like broke his leg or some crazy thing, like got cut his toe off or like bit it off or something. Um, but anyway, so they were talking about. They were at. They were trying to give him care. They were trying to like help him. Okay. And he was like, "No, I, like I want to feel this pain That's crazy. right now." Which he's he's nuts. <laughs> yeah, he like, really he's is. next level crazy. <laughs> um, but like it was interesting to hear him say that. Like, no, I worked really hard to be able to get to this point to where I could finish yeah. and feel this pain. That's and he was crazy. like, "I yeah, want to like feel this and remember what this is like," yeah. uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> The other thing about Goggins is he's probably going to die within the next 10 years. Oh, like, I'm sure I can't. He sleeps it's like wild. two hours a night. Like some of that. It's wild. Some it's... of his stuff is really, really good. But at the same time, I'm Super, like, this dude it's is not, yeah, not remotely or, Yeah, no, there's no way. It's, it's not repeatable or sustainable no. or like, yeah. But he's, yeah, he's been on. <clears> I mean, <throat> he's one of the only guys, or I don't know how many there are now, but there haven't been a ton of guys that have been a SEAL and a Ranger. No, um, yeah. Not a ton, but That's it's kind of interesting, but. Well, cool. Well, I appreciate awesome. you. Yeah, uh, I appreciate appreciate you. your time, man. Coming yeah, it was down, good. It was a good conversation. Well, uh, I'm sure there's always more things to talk about leadership wise. So Absolutely. We can get on another time. Yeah, for sure. All right, dude. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Unlocking Athletes podcast. If you liked what you heard, give us a follow, comment, and review. If you are or know of an athlete that truly has the desire to maximize their potential, please follow at EAX underscore Athlete Academy and send us a message. We do in-person and remote training for athletes in any sport and would love an opportunity to be a part of your journey. Until next time, be an example you want others to follow, be intentionally grateful every single day, and be the hardest worker in the room. Let's have a day.